you glad you know the name this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So delighted to see all of you here today. What a great presence of the Lord. One thing you will figure out about this church is that if you're going to come to church, you better come prepared for church. We're not going to play games. And we're not here to entertain you. We're not here to make you think how good we are. We want you to know who's really good, and that's the Lord. And when you get Him on your mind, something happens. Amen. I'm thankful for a church that is responsive. Some people don't understand that, but they're waiting for an altar call. And the Lord said, hey, who needs an altar call? I'm here right now. Why don't you just let me heal you, touch you? Work something out right now, and I believe God's doing that. We are extremely happy to have Brother and Sister Ashcraft with us today. Longtime friend. I asked him when the last time he was with us, and I'm embarrassed to tell you that it was all the way back in the storefront. And that's been a long time ago. But uh, I apologize to him for not having him back before now. But I'm glad that they're here. So glad that his sweet wife is with him today. Come, Brother Ashcraft, you're welcome at Greater Life Church. Take your liberty. Praise the Lord, everyone. Well, I've just been praying and wondering which end of the dock to jump off of. We've mixed it up today, and I thank God for that. Amen. It's been wonderful to have the blessing of the Lord uh, attending our worship and our interaction with Him. And I am happy indeed to be here with Brother and Sister Hughes, and and I'm happy as well for Wiki to be with me. And uh, I am also glad to see Pastor Jim Odo here. May the Lord be praised. In our travels, we spent uh, annual time with them at Church of the Apostles in the city of Ruston, Louisiana. And it was always a high point of our year because right after that, we got to go home for Christmas. Praise the Lord. And so it is good to be here with you. And I, I just, uh, I want to talk to you today, if I may. Uh, if you get, go to sleep, I'll preach. If you listen, I'll teach. Praise God. But the thing is, we're after understanding today. I'd like to talk to you about this subject, increasing your percentage of victory. Increasing your percentage of victory. Father, today we lift you. We lift your word and we thank you for your people here. We bind every spirit that would hinder, impede the progress, the hearing, the understanding, and the motivation to step out on your word. We believe you now that you're with us and you grant unto each of us a listening ear and an understanding mind and heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Praise God. I have been raised in this this wonderful apostolic way all of my life. I never was a member of any other kind of church but Pentecostal, apostolic. And of course, all of my friends could not pronounce those words and so... Uh, we just had to bear with them and try to linguistically help them along. But I feel, if you will allow me today to be frank 
about us and some of the things that we have seen and experienced and some of the things we have not seen and experienced. And I believe that the Lord, I, I believe that you believe it because of the recitation that you just spoke here over your gifts, that you are a believing church, that you are a church that believes that God rewards them that hearken to his voice, that listen to his word, and that apply his word. And I would like to give you two simple keys here today to increase the percentage of victory in your life. If I may be so bold, I have seen two faults among us, and the first fault is that we have walked in our walk with the Lord in some type of a spiritual lottery. We have, we have sowed in, we've scratched our ticket off and didn't see an answer, didn't see what we liked, we threw it in the trash. We prayed our prayers because after all the Lord said pray, the Lord said ask, uh, but we forget that He said you shall receive. We forget that He said seek and you shall find. We forget that He said knock and the door will be open to you. Somewhere we've dropped off the page in our, in our lottery, uh, in, in asking and we just went off the page. We forgot about it. We sought the Lord and we went on home some, somewhere. We knocked and we didn't see. We didn't wait to see. We didn't pursue the open door, if you will. And the sad part about it is, is that after we prayed our little prayers or sometime big prayers, that we didn't see answers to that. We just uh, chalk it up. We had a pat answer. Well, it wasn't the Lord's will. Praise the Lord. But that is not true biblically. Praise God. The people in Zion that pray prayers are to expect answers to their prayers, most especially and only when it is a prayer that is based in and upon the eternal word of God. Now, why am I slowing down today? Because I grew up in this way, and I, I often, uh, I would pester my pastors, and I, uh, you know, our, my first pastor was a man of great prayer, a man of miracles. But those miracles were, uh, spasmodic. They were every now and again. Now, we thank God for the ones we did get, but, uh, we just uh, said, well, the Lord's will was done in those other times. And somehow he knew that, but we didn't understand what to do about that. We didn't understand where to turn. We didn't understand what to do and where to go when we prayed a prayer and didn't get an answer. And so I would like, if you'll permit me this morning, to help us out with some of that. Uh, I have seen these things work that I'm talking about. I have put them, you know, over 300 times in Scripture, the Lord says in some way or another, if my people. That puts the ball squarely in my side of the court. That means that I have something to do about victory and certain aspects of victory. And if I don't understand what it is, well, he said, if any man ask wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. It shall be given to him. How many believe that? That's the word of the Lord. I'm not going to leave the pages of the good book. Praise God. And so we we move along through these things and we do not allow ourselves to be disappointed too much to grieve too deeply about unanswered prayers. The second fault that I see here, and the reason I'm going so fast is because I'm interested in lunch and you are too. Praise God. Second fault that we have is living by our feelings as a spiritual barometer. Let me back up to my first fault there. The word said, Psalm 91, 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. 
Now there's times, and listen, when you're going into a, a setting where there is trouble and where there is doubt and where there is confusion and where there is the attack of the enemy, you have to take your dossier. You have to take your low law book with you. You have to take that to the place of prayer because the accuser of the brethren is trying to prosecute you and take you out of the running and cause you to just give up. But Jesus said, your joy will be full when you receive answers to prayer. Didn't he say that? And so he says in his word, and if I don't have anything else, I could take that one scripture. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. I love that, don't you? Now to the second fault, living by our feelings as a spiritual barometer. Uh, we, we do that. In fact, there's, uh, there's a lot of folk here right now because you were so mightily touched in your soul and your spirit by the presence of the Lord here in the last few moments that you're ready to go home. I've had church and I don't know what this boring guy's trying to tell me, but I felt the Lord today. But listen, the spirit of the Lord without the word of the Lord is like cement without steel in it. <laughs> I know about that too. When I was about 14, I wanted to build my parents a nice little about a seven by seven uh, patio. And I got the sackcrete and I got the wheelbarrow and I got the little shovel and I got the hose. And I was out there and a knowledgeable neighbor came over and he said, Craig, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I'm just going to make a little patio here for my folks. And uh, he said, well, where, where is your wire? Where is your rebar? And I said, oh, I don't need any of that. Concrete's hard and it'll do just fine. And so I just ignored the wisdom that he tried to give me and I just did my I was so interested in that taking that little stick and and spreading it you know surfacing it oh I love to see that done and so I I did that sure enough and about a month two months there was nothing there but a gravel pile when you experience the presence of the Lord you need to have the word mixed in with that so that your steel your cement the presence of the Lord will hold you in the days to come am I all right today Praise God. And the word said, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. That means that whether it's raining or snowing or sleeting or dry and the Sahara desert, the word does not change. It doesn't matter if I feel good or feel bad or somewhere in between. It doesn't matter if I'm depressed, if I'm blue or if I'm on top of the world. It doesn't matter if I had no coffee or had a pot of coffee. His word does not change. It will not ever change. I can stand on his word and he will cause me to come into a higher level of the victory percentage. I haven't gotten to the two keys yet, so hold on with me. There uh, are times uh, a good investor uh, comes back to his portfolio and he begins to look over it frequently. The more frequently, the better. I have a friend that talks with his Merrill Lynch broker every day. They discussed where the market's going and the broker has told him, said, you are, you should be a broker yourself. You understand it. You think like we think. But he's pouring over that. And there are times it's wise and prudent to get out of the market. 
And other times when it's more volatile, it is prudent to get into the market. But you and I, we have accepted so much laying down on the job that if we have an explosion like we had here at the beginning, then that's good and that's fine. But if we didn't, that's fine too. I say no, it isn't. Listen, the Lord is here every time we come together. The Lord is here when you are at home. And what changed it today? It changed it because somebody stepped out of their pew, out of their setting, out of their seat, and came and began to worship Him, spirit, soul, and body. As a result of that, there was a release of the manifest glory of God. I want to say thanks to everyone that did that, but we can do that Every time we come together. Now, we have, a lot of us have lived by the word when it comes to morality. In fact, we read it. I have been rereading the book of Jeremiah this week. I spent a lot of time in the New Testament, but I thought maybe I ought to refresh myself. And I I felt the conviction of the Spirit of God as certain things were said by the prophet. And uh, it, it is good. It stirs us and it moves us. But it checked me on my morality. It checked me on my thoughts. It checked me on my words. It checked me on my practices. Come on. As we are related to morality. Many of us have grown up not only knowing the word as a morality check to keep us walking the straight and narrow. To write, to uh, uh, walk, uh, write, spit white, and all of that stuff. And, and, but uh, that's all we've known. And we do our best to follow those codes and those, those strictures that have come down to us through our apostolic fathers. But I want to remind you today that there is another thing that the word is set to promote in our life. And that is the miraculous. God wants his power to be seen. He wants the miraculous to be manifest through us, to us, and into our world. He wants us to be a emanator of the glory of God, the goodness of God, the power of God, and the presence of God. That's, that's how the glory is manifested, those three ways. And so I have to have that, but where can I do it? I uh, perhaps will touch on this tonight, the Lord permitting, but in uh, 23 years of traveling, I have seen maybe... I want to be careful, maybe three churches in 23 years of travel, that even the simple gift of tongues and interpretation was manifested. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Come on. Hallelujah. What does that mean? Well, tongues is the first thing we do when we get into the body, when we're born again. And usually that's, if there's any gift that's manifest in the church, it's tongues and interpretation. The others are further out to sea or so we think. But listen, there, it must be a hunger in the body of Christ. Father, I want your mind to be known. I want the discerning of the gifts of the Spirit. 
I, I, I want to see in the spirit that I may manifest what you know. I want your speaking to be an operation. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I want your deeds, the works of your mighty hand to be seen. The gift of faith, the working of miracles. Hallelujah. I want those things to happen, but they just don't fall on us. We have to pick them. We have to believe for them. We have to stir for them so that we can have that manifest to our community. Praise the Lord. Now, here's the two keys. Are we going fast enough? Praise God. I I tell you what, maybe we need some Starbucks to come around. I'm not hearing any amens. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I found me one this morning and I went back to the room and spiritually and reverently sipped my dark, bold, no room added cup of, cup of, uh, I did a short this morning that I might not overextend my flesh. So anyway, praise God. Are you ready for the first key? It is very evident. It is found in John 15 and 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, are you ready? You, put your hand on yourself and say, that means me. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. This is not just a corporate message. This is an individual message. So the first key is you must saturate in him. You must saturate yourself in his word. Now, I I don't mean just read a dozen chapters every day. You saturate yourself in the word that covers the greatest pain in your life. What is tormenting you the most? What is bothering you the most? You get you a litany of scriptures and you begin to saturate yourself in those scriptures. You listen to them. You speak those scriptures and you listen to them and you speak those scriptures and you listen to them and you speak those scriptures and you listen to them and you speak those and you listen to them and you speak and you listen to them and you can I have some and you listen to them and you speak them I saturate. Well, I just gave you an example. Get a CD. Get MP3, 4, however many there are out there files that have, go to YouTube. They're on there. Get scriptures for your healing. See, because we are so immersed in partial word, 80% world. Enough word to keep us moral, but enough word to make us miraculous. Come on. Enough word 
to keep us moral. Sort of. We're still wrestling with it. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I keep wanting to, you know. Come on, really not enough to even keep us moral. And the rest is the world. It's what the doctors say. It's what the financial prognosticators say. Well, it looks like the economy is going to tank. Let me ask you a question. Isaac, the Bible said, sowed in a land of famine. And reaped a hundredfold. One of the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Miracle son. Goes out where everybody else. Seed is not producing. Nothing is happening. The sky is dry and so is the ground. But he goes out there and puts his seed in the ground. And... It's not just, well, we had a nice little harvest. Thank the Lord. I ain't going to ask him for more. Glory to God. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. Come on. That's another area. When you start saturating in his word, you'll start seeing what he thinks of you and who he has designed you to be. You are not just a sinner saved by grace. You are a born-again heaven-bound, liberated child of the king of kings. He don't have no junk. I said he doesn't have any junk. Now, immediately I hear the voice of my Pentecostal, one God, Holy Ghost filled, non-cussing daddy. I hear his voice. But son, we live in a real world. And we need to pay attention to things around us. And I knew what he meant. That meant sometimes the word works and a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah. And so I I graduated from that university. That was the worry university. That was one of the courses in fact, dad, God rest his soul, and I honor him. There was one lady in our church that every time she got up, all she did was quote scripture. Everybody else got up to praise the devil. You remember testimony services? Anybody remember testimony services? And uh, they get up, and he said, poor old sister so-and-so, she don't have enough sense to be worried. As if worry was a quality and a fruit of the Spirit. Do you know what I did see her do? She had one son, two sons actually that weren't part of the church. The oldest one was near my age and I would go home with him on Sunday sometime, spend the afternoon. And she would come and she would call him brother and then his last name or his his given name. And then she would say... uh, Brother L is going to pray the blessing for her. He said, Mother, I'm no brother. I'm not in the church. I don't intend to be in the church. She'd turn to me and say, He doesn't know what he's talking. The Lord has hold of him and is bringing him into the fold. Right in the face. Come on. Of a joint smoking. 
surfboard riding, beach bum son. She said it in his face. Glory to God. It wasn't too many years later that I heard that the hook that she put in his jaw with the word of God turned him around and he found himself at an altar. Glory to God. So you and me, when we get saturated with the word of God, we will be able to look the prognosticators after the world in the face and say, well, as for me and my house, we are blessed. My accounts are all blessed. My body is full of healing. Hallelujah to God. I have to saturate in prayer. Time spent with the Lord. So many of us, our thought of prayer was just bellering to the Lord. You know, bless me, my wife, John, his wife, us four no more. Forget it. I'm on my way. But there is a power of steeping yourself in his presence. Your mind on him. Many times your mouth silent. Your heart Your mind, your soul is targeting Him. There is a spiritual construction that is going on when you're doing that. You may not feel it. You cannot see it. But He is moving two by fours around in the Spirit. He is changing the ceiling joists around. What He's making room for that that you're believing Him for. So just let Him, give Him time, the Master Constructor, to change your inside until you can get big on the inside and say, Oh my God, we're going to have the miraculous. We're going to have this place full. We're going to have three services on Sunday. Thank you, gentlemen. Hallelujah. Saturate in praise. Paul and Silas, full of the Word of God, full of the Spirit of God. And because of that, they move. Second key is this, activation. You know, we are, uh, when we get on a little spiritual groove, we're happy to go to the bookstore and Buy books that testify to us about Nona Freeman and Tom Barnes and, and others that had exploits that levitated off of the floor under the presence of God. And we just read that and we read that and then we get together in our little groups and let me tell you what I read this week. Oh, what Sister Freeman did. And somehow there's a, there's a faint little candle burning on the inside. What about me? What about me? Come on. But we never take into consideration that those people, they waited before the presence of They saturated themselves. Listen, saturation is not reading a Bible promise at the kitchen sink before you go to work. That's not saturation. That's merely a dusting. That's like shaking the salt shaker. Is anything coming out? No. 
Come on. Okay, take that promise. But get that promise and put it in front of you while you're driving to work. And saturate in that thing. But then comes the moment that activation has to take place. Why? Because faith... Faith without works... You can have all the faith in the world. You can be full of scriptures until your eyes blink because they're in you so deep. And your head wiggles and your ears wiggle because of the word that's in you. And you can quote the word, but you never activate. Your faith is dead. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I got enough word in me. I, I don't know if I'm ready to activate. Yeah, well, just just go ahead and push. Just go ahead and shove. Just go ahead and get on out there. Now see, Peter started because of the word's word to him. Out of the boat. Are you with me? He started out because of the word. His faith in the living word that was standing out there saying come. The word is always saying come. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. Come. With your finances. Any sick among you, let him come. It's because of our faith in God's word. I believe. I believe it is. So Peter got out. But when Peter reverted to the natural sense knowledge, he sank. Oh, Lord, have mercy. There are folk that are in the church that you just dog paddle enough to get to church. The rest of the week you sunk. Glub, glub, glub. Finances over your head. Sickness over your head. Are you out there? You're going home. Oh, glory. And so, the more I saturate, then I have to come to the place of the activation. The nobleman came to Jesus and said, Sir, come down and put your hand on my child ere he die, or before he dies. And Jesus says, Go into the house. He's fine. Now, some of us, oh, you got to lay hands on me. You can't tell me none of that stuff. Oh, that's too weak. I need you to get a hold of me. Lay some hands on me now. <laughs> yeah, I've been standing around for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mother's in a nursing home. And there was a lady that we're friendly, and she said, I said, I used up beside her. I said, Erica, what's the matter? She said, Woo. She said, I'm gonna got a hangover deluxe. She said, would you pray for me? And I said, I sure will. She said, wait, well, no, don't do it till you go outside. I said, why? Cause she said, I'll have a fit up in here. Yeah, we, we, we got to have hands, our hair messed up, a certain push a little. Let's not go too far and, and push them over, you know, breathe on them, anything, but like that. But, but, but we, we have, we, I mean, we're accustomed to that. Don't the Bible say lay hands on the sick? Yeah, but Jesus also said go. It's good. 
Go. It's good. And so the Bible said he believed the word which Jesus spoke to him. He, in other words, he received a saturation in that moment. And he, come on guys, let's go home. He believed the word that Jesus said. And he activated on that word. Come on. And because he activated on that word, when he got home, baby, you well, folk, when did that happen? Oh Lord, that was the same time I talked to Jesus. Come on here. What in the world could happen to us? He was maybe a friend of the bridegroom, but I am the bride of Christ. Don't you think if he did that for a friend of the bridegroom, what would he do for his bride of which you are a member today? You are the body of Christ and members in particular. He wants you to take this word, to saturate in the word and then activate. Let me give you a little scripture. We're about to quit. At ease. Thank you for your passion. Luke 6, 49. Jesus said, He that heareth and doeth not my word is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. James said, the one that looks into the word, the perfect law of liberty, and turns away without doing anything. You haven't heard me say that activation is easy. Some of y'all have heard of Joel Osteen. A couple of us. I happened to pass by this big thing, you know, down on 59, and heard of him and a few know about his mother 40 something years ago had terminal cancer the doctor said we've done all for you that we can go home she goes home she's hurting she's in distress but she has a bible and she starts quoting saturating in the healing by his stripes. I like Isaiah 53 5, but I like 2 Peter 2.24 better. 53 5 of Isaiah said, With his stripes you were healed. Well, that's that's good, that's past it. And Peter comes up, 2 Peter 2.24, and with his stripes you were healed. Who is were? The body of Christ. Any believer. Come on. You were healed. And some of us, we start out the first of the year. Oh, Lord, I tell you, I hate for the springtime to come. Let me tell you something. When that pollen comes on up, Lord, I will be taking some medication and going to the doctor. Jesus, help me. Every year I wrestle with that. And then if I let it go too long and try to have a little bit of faith, it goes to the flu. And Lord, if you get down with the flu, they all kind of, you might get polio as a result of being weak from the flu. Come on, I know, I know our steps. I know what we say. 
And Lord, you get the polio. Oh God, you're gone. We'll have you a nice anointed funeral, baby. And that's the thing that bothers me through the years is how we can't muster up enough anointing to get somebody out of the wheelchair and healed and off the cane and stuff, but we can shut the top all over at their funeral. Same God that give you anointing at the funeral and you fall it over in the casket. Come on. Is the same God, glory to God, that can cause you to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So, Dodie Osteen, Joel, a friend of mine called me. He had happened to be in a meeting where Joel Osteen was. Okay? It wasn't a UPC meeting, okay? <laughs> Just wanted you to know. Be, be comforted, okay? And Joel said, that there were times he'd hear his mother at the other end of the house and she would be screaming. You have come that I might have life in that more abundantly. She was activating while she was hurting, while she was miserable, miserable, while she was miserable. Come on. Didn't it say the fight of faith? You may get out of breath. Come on. Am I right? And then he said, one day I saw her at the kitchen sink washing dishes. And I knew she felt horrible. And he said, Mom, why are you washing those dishes? She turned to him with her teeth gripped and said, Because heal people wash dishes. Let's stand together. My time is gone. I wonder how many in here today are ready to saturate in the Word of God. Saturate for revival. Saturate for healing. Saturate for financial blessing. Come on. Just one moment. Just one moment. I I just noticed something earlier when the offer was... Pastor, may I just suggest that you get at least some five-gallon buckets with a church logo on the side of it for the offering. Come on. Because if we believe it for that kind of money, inheritance is to come, advances to come, pay raises to come. We're going to have to have some bigger receptacles to receive the blessing that's coming out of the body of Christ. Come on. It's six minutes till your lunchtime. According to Big Ben, the sanctuary clock. I wonder if there's anybody here right now that you have a need of any kind. Financial? Family saved? Healing in your body? And you have heard the word and the word has come into you in a saturated manner. And you're ready to activate it. Now here's what I'm going to do with you. I'm not going to anoint you. I'm going to take another scripture. It says, if any two of you agree is touching anything that they shall ask, shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. You shake with a contractor, you tell your family, he's going to be here Monday morning. 
Isn't that right? If he's a good one. And Jesus is a good one. Jesus is the greatest one. So I want you to begin to make your way quickly down here to the front. Stand shoulder to shoulder all the way across this front. I'm going to walk down the line and shake hands with you. I'm expecting by the end of service. By tonight. There to be testimonies. Of activation. Come on, shoulder to shoulder so I can get to those that need it. Come on. Single file. Single file. Are you ready? You ready? Jesus said, we're doing Jesus' work. Okay, you ready for it to happen? We agree. We agree. Hallelujah. He's massaging your soul right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let me shake with you. Yes. If any two of you. 